All right. Welcome back, people. Hope you're doing well. He wears many hats. He does Brazilian jiu-jitsu nowadays with tactics training, uh, an MMA gym, I guess, or jiu-jitsu gym, and we'll learn all about that as well as having a history working in like uh, the ice hockey the ice hockey community going back to the Newcastle North Stars back in like 2005 or something, which I'm super keen to get into really quickly. Uh, his name's Sean Ultram. How are you, Sean? Good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So really quickly, right. just the full circle moment. How old do you think you were in 2007? Uh, oh, man, is that 16 years ago? Yeah, 17 years. 17. Uh, so I was 20. Okay, shit. All right. So I was 10, right? I have a T-shirt with your and Ray Sheffield's signature on it from a game in 2007 against, like, Adelaide. Really? Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, That's awesome. I was like, as a 10-year-old, I was mad for the Mighty Ducks movies yeah, and yeah. was obsessed with ice hockey, loved the Anaheim Ducks and would go to North Stars games for, like, 2007 and the 08 seasons uh, oh, back in the day. Is- yeah, yeah, and, like, I think after a game that you guys won, like 4-1 or 5-1 or something against Adelaide, you and Ray Sheffield came over from the, the the locker rooms and signed everyone's autographs, and me and my dad were there, and I was just like starstruck that an ice hockey <laughs> player wanted to sign my my shirt. So I wanted to put that out there first because I've I've sort of known who you were since then when I was a little kid, yeah. and I, I wanted to chat to you because when, uh, when I sort of heard of the connection between what you're doing now with tactics and sort of some of the programs that my family's worked with in volunteer work, I just thought it'd be crazy to try and talk to you in person. So it's nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, that's that's one of the funnest things about playing for North Stars is like going to the end and like kids, you know, actually it seems funny, I'm back playing and okay. one of the kids, Ethan Hawes, who's like probably the best guy on the team, he was one of those kids as well, like yeah. way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's always interesting meeting people from, you know, because I'm just old now. So, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though. No, that's awesome. I appreciate it because, yeah, I think as a kid, like you don't always realise little moments that can sort of be pretty powerful to a kid that sort of shapes mm. them a lot more than you ever realise. So that was definitely like, yeah, right, meeting you and Ray Sheffield was crazy. You know what I mean? So that was great. That aside, your work nowadays, you run a gym called Tactics. I wondered if you could just sort of give people a bit of a cliff's notes if you want about like who you are now and, and what sort of work you're doing with Tactics. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, Tactics, is it's a disability-focused gym. Um, we're in Broadmeadow, Newcastle, hoping to open up in Maitland as well this year. So we just like it sort of started off as a martial arts thing mostly like it was just me for a long time doing one-on-ones with people and kind of split between MA, Jiu-Jitsu and then PT as well and you know I actually started the gym because a client of mine when I was a sport worker he wanted to do karate and he had you know moderate intellectual disability and I was like oh of course there's going to be someone around doing that and there wasn't you know having done martial arts for a while myself I was like oh well I can do that and opened it and um, you know the rest is history so yeah we we Mostly at the moment now, we've got um, we're still still in martial arts. We've got one really good trainer who coaches our guys um, MMA, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, all the stuff. But we mostly like do a lot of personal training for people with disabilities. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. the or- the origin story then was that you sort of saw that there was almost a hole in the market where you could be of service to people with intellectual disabilities who wanted to sort of pursue that that realm, I guess, in learning martial arts. Yeah, hundred percent. It's one of those things like. You know, for me, I did BJJ for about eight to around eight, ten years, I think. 
and it made you know such a such a profound difference in my life. And I feel like everyone should be afforded that opportunity, and and, and not just obviously in martial arts, but fitness as well. You know, like and not everyone can just walk into an anytime fitness or Genesis and be and just get stuck in. You know, we we really wanted to open the gym for everyone else. You know what I mean? So people who who aren't just automatically comfortable because it's, it's an intimidating place at the best of times. Like you know, you walk in there, there's all these jacked up dudes and fit looking people, and it's um, you know, it's not. Uh, not automatically a comfortable place so we we mm-hmm. wanted to open up somewhere where people come in they're always going to be greeted by people who are happy to see them get a good workout have a chat all that stuff yeah that's awesome did you sort of expect it to turn into what it has now no no like i'm really mm-hmm. stoked with how everything's looking like we you know we've um, got a great rep- reputation um which is awesome like we we really go hard for our clients and now it's sort of grown and grown and grown sort of turned into a, a bit of a beast, which is which is great. So we just put on a manager the other day so I can okay. actually take a holiday every now and then, which is really cool. So, yes. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're sort of growing, yeah, year by year, which is, it's yeah, it's fun. Like, it, it's cool. That's awesome. And I feel like in my experience doing things that I sort of guess are more selfless or an act of service to try and help people that might not get the opportunity to do something like jujitsu. You feel a lot better about the work you're doing than maybe working something corporate where you don't really, I don't know, feel the, I don't know, you don't always see the benefit that you're, you're adding to a big company as opposed to something a little more local and community based. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Like you, you, you know, corporate stuff. You're very far removed from the final product sort of thing, you know, and who's actually receiving it, no matter what you do. So, no, it's it's awesome. Like one of the, you know, one of the ones recently was, um, like one of our coaches, Coach Rowan. He has a client called Hayden who um, is a dancing young guy, and he got stuck in the jiu-jitsu. And he got his, his I think he's a, he's under eighteen, so he went to a grey belt. I'm pretty sure I don't know kids belts that much, but it was like. You know, a huge deal for him. Like he got got graded and, and a shark tank and all the boys, you know, wrestle with him. And um, man, it's like really get that sort of stuff gets in the field. It's it's like it makes it all worth it. You know, it's so good. And for people, I honestly like I might have my terminology wrong too, but for people that might not know much about jujitsu, shark tank is basically one guy who's in the middle who's basically gonna spar every single person in the gym, you know, round after round with no breaks, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's, went, it's awful. Went, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he. What did he do? He probably did. I think he did a couple. Of, he must have gone up at least ten minutes, just back to back to back. And yeah. No. It was. It was really cool to watch. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so a big part of what you're doing now is, I guess, these mentoring programs. So I just wondered, like, could you sort of explain to people the different programs that Tactics is sort of working through nowadays, and maybe you were saying it sort of started as almost something you were doing on your own, just providing one-on-one sort of coaching to people who wanted to try and find an avenue into learning about martial arts. How has that sort of evolved to what it is now and what are the programs that you're trying to provide to people nowadays? Yeah, so, um, I mean, once we sort of opened the gym, I sort of got the luxury of doing a few things that I wanted to sort of work on, you know, when I wasn't like, for a long time, it was just me coaching, you know. Right. 50 plus hours a week, you know, so which is, you can't, there's no time for much else after that. Yeah. So after the gym opened, um, we got into community access. Um, so support work basically. And for a couple of different reasons, like it's, you know, I don't want to knock anyone, but I feel like a lot of support workers, you know, if you, if most people by and large aren't super healthy themselves, I shouldn't say most, but there's a lot of people that aren't super healthy and, and, you know, expecting someone that's not into health to, get a client who might be overweight or not that fit and be like, okay, mate, we've got to do this, we've got to do that, eat right, all that stuff. It's a, it's a big ask. So 
one of the things we do with our support work is we generally hire people who are health conscious. They don't have to be superstar fit. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. Like they just have to be health conscious and, and, you know, kind of know the ins and outs of eating well and that stuff and exercise. Um, and we, you know, we, we do different sorts of community access, all sorts, but the one which we advertise a lot is our healthy habit mentoring program. So that's one-on-one where we might do like eight to 10 weeks depending on on clients' plans and stuff. So an average plan might be like, sorry, an average mentoring program might go for 10 weeks, 10 weeks, maybe five, six hours twice a week and take them out of the community, try different sports and hobbies, different ways of eating and put it, like try and instill it into their routine, if you know what I mean. So rather than, you know, just us, like we don't, we, we wouldn't want them to rely on us to take them to tennis if they got into that. We want to put make it part of their habit and routine that tennis is what they do. Like, right, every week at Friday, I'm going, you know. And then I guess part of it is if they want to continue with us, that's great. We, we love that. We keep going. But, like, if we've put something in someone's routine that's really going to help them in the long term, that's a, that's a win for us. Like, we've, we've done well. Yeah, and so it's almost like setting them up with tools for ongoing success rather than you're not training them to rely on you after the 10 weeks is over. You're trying to, it's like to give a man, teach a man to fish or whatever it's called. You know what I mean? Is that sort of the, the I guess, the idea for it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, look, we, we do have good success with it. Like our support work, we kind of go backwards to, I think, what a lot of companies do is if we hire people that are good and then we get the clients, you know, it's we don't go the other way where it's like, okay, we get all these clients, we kind of half service them and that sort of stuff. Like we really want to make sure every single person is really happy with what we're giving them. And most of the time they stay on with this because our, our guys are good. You know what I mean? Mm. They do care and they really really go hard and put their heart and soul in it. This might be a bit inside baseball for the fitness stuff, but I've learned the longer I've tried to sort of fig- like hack my own healthy habits and figure out if I can make these things a part of my daily routine, they're just sort of rules to live by to make sure I sort of maintain healthy habits over time. Do you think people overcomplicate being healthy and being like a general level of fitness? Yeah, it's it's 100% like it's, you know, I think a lot of it comes back to family all the time. So your foundation, right? So like, you know, my dad and my mum were always fit. Mum always played netball. Dad's, you know, dad's always done different sports and that sort of stuff. So it was easy for me, like straight off the bat, you know, I'm playing soccer and then ice hockey and all that stuff. So excuse my cat, sorry. That's all right. I realised, you know, not everyone comes from that sort of background, yeah. which is fine. Like everyone, every family's different, you know, and some, some people don't have like a great family life either. But yeah, when it comes to overcomplicating it, like it's, it's literally, you know, you've just got to have fun. You know, like say with your jiu-jitsu and stuff, like it's heaps of fun. Sometimes it's a slog, like it's mm. you know it's it's humbling at times. Yeah, like I was talking with Jaron, you know, he made over there, beat me in twenty seconds at Newcastle Pump. That was you know that was very humbling. I thought yeah. I was going to do really well, but uh, yeah, by and large, like I think you just need to find a sport that's fun. That's mm. literally the basis of that healthy habit mentoring program. Is like, okay, man, let's just throw, you know, let's just try think like one sport, one hobby after another. See what works. See what you hate. Mm. See what you you know. That's fun. Cool. Let's just do that. And you start with that, you know. And then, and the next thing, the eating stuff. I mean, for me, if you want to be good at sport um, and you find something you're passionate about, you're going to eat well because you can feel the difference. And it just rolls from there. But yeah, I think it, it does get overcomplicated. You just have fun, you know. Play sport. Be happy, you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like um, in my life, 
the best like healthy outcomes I've ever achieved for myself from like a fitness perspective or jujitsu or whatever has always been where I just sort of focused on what I could stick to, not what mm. other people were telling me I should do, if that makes sense. Mm. 100%. Like, you know, it's, it's easy enough to say, oh, look, man, you should do CrossFit five, six days a week. You'll be so fit. Like, yeah, you would be. But if you hate it, you're not going to get like, mm. yeah. That's that's yeah. the long and short of it, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I know what you mean about like I got I got my blue belt like a year ago, and it's only been a slog since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I can bash him now. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't feel bad feel bad about giving it to him. So yeah, yeah. yeah but it's, it's worthwhile. It's so oh, yeah. worthwhile. It's really good. Yeah, it is fun. I have enjoyed it a lot. And similar to what you like, I've never really trained at a lot of like twenty four hour gyms. But when when I moved to Dubbo, I was at I'm I'm now at like one of those anytime fitness. I think it is anytime fitness, and like it's quite intimidating place to be, especially if you don't know a ton of like what you're doing. But with mm. jujitsu, in my in my experience, jujitsu has always been a pretty welcoming space, and everybody is pretty nice, and everybody's just sort of there to see if they can get a little better than yesterday at that thing. Um, and yeah. it's it's all it's forced. Uh, you're forced to be social in jujitsu because you're rolling with another person for however long, five, six minutes, and then you might have a quick chat, a quick powwow before you move on mm. to the next person as opposed to turning up at any time. And, like, I've got music in the whole time and I avoid eye contact. Like, my my life depends on it, you know? So, like, yeah. it's it's just about, like, creating a welcoming space. So it sounds like with tactics you've you've sort of wanted to make sure that it feels welcoming for people, like, why why is that important to you do you think do you just think it's because it, it means people can stick to it better um yeah look, I, I feel like a lot, a lot of our clients lives you know i feel like they go to places and they're they're already looked at differently and you know it's to try and to try and get on the front foot in health or whatever and when you when you're you're walking and people are already looking at you like you're different and some people might might avoid you or that sort of thing it's 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 actually i'd say probably the most important thing because we're, we're dealing with with people who are already vulnerable so yeah it's 100 the most important thing like you know you're not going to be able to get someone to keep coming to the gym and focus on their health if everything surrounding health and fitness sucks mm. you know what i mean like you know say say i won't waffle on about it too much but go into any time and it's and it is 100%. Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts, in my experience, are always the most welcome in gyms because mm. you can't pretend on the mats. No. You know what I mean? Like you get on the mat and you say, oh, man, I'm the greatest grappler of all time. And someone who's half your size towers you up. It's like, well, you were lying, but it's okay. It's, that's cool. But, you know, this is where you're humble. Whereas in the big gyms, you can be, you can pretend to be whatever you want. You know, you yeah. can walk in there and look, you know, look like the toughest guy of all time or this and that. It's, it's yeah. like, and that's, you know, it is what it is. It's, it, fulfill some people but yeah no i'd say it's it's 100 percent the most important thing for us with our clients is to make sure they're welcome they're going to see a smiling face people are happy to see them that's that's the core of it basically it doesn't it doesn't work otherwise at all Yeah, okay that's awesome man i I, to pivot before we sort of end the conversation the last question the the whole podcast the like origin of why i've done this podcast was when covid hit i was living over overseas and i was I was broke, but I was at living, working in a backpackers hostel. So 
you didn't need money. Do you know what I mean? You mm. just worked yeah, at the yeah. hostel, did did much else. And I started training jujitsu over there. I was in Canada for a while. Then COVID hit, came back to Newcastle where I grew up, had to live with my folks again after like four years independently and uh, was trying to figure out like, what advice can people that have got a little more like uh, goes around the sun than me, what advice they'd give their younger version of themselves. If you could talk to a 25 year old version of Sean, what do you think you'd tell that person? Like, and, and uh, on the hope that he listens to you. Cause I don't know. Sometimes you think people think back and like, Oh, my 25 year old version of me would not listen to a bar of what I had to say. I, <laughs> That's quite a question, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a hard one. Like the twenty five year old me wasn't really sure that everything was going to work out. I mm. think. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just you know, it's easy looking back and saying, just you know, hang in, like relax, don't stress, like. Stuff it's, it's going to work out. You'll be fine. Mm. Like it's all you know. Not that I was going through anything terrible at the time, but I think you know, always wanted to be successful in something. You know what I mean? Like I, I do enjoy business and and that sort of stuff. So, I, I yeah, I'd just say you know, calm your farm a little bit. It's mm. going to be cool. You know, one of my mates' brothers actually said something interesting the other day, and it's such a offhand comment, but it really stuck with me. And he just said, you know what, shit just works out. Mm. You know what I mean? Just just do your best, work hard, train hard, have fun, and shit just works out. So that's yeah. that's probably what I'd say to Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I it's like um I I've heard someone say what doesn't come out in the wash comes out in the rinse. I like that. But what's what's yours? What's yours? What do you got? Like I don't know. To, I'm 27. I'm 27. Pardon the French. I'm 20. Oh, I turned 27 like 10 oh. days ago, right? So, 25 yeah. year old me doesn't feel much different. But like, I don't know. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably like, probably try to. I think throughout my life, it's always been try to worry a little less. Yeah. And like, try not to overthink a little less, because yeah. I think that's the only real big one. Like, other than that, not a lot. Oh no! I just, I just occurred to me. I think we're programming from school. To be honest with you, to stress that shit. Yeah. Like just you know, like I just remember in school, like they're always like, "Oh, if you don't do this, you're not going to make." You know, and, and not so many words sometimes, but sometimes in those words, you're not going to make anything yourself, and you can't read this bullshit. Like and and do this comprehensive stuff. Like, oh man, I'm going to be a failure. And then the course, you just think, oh shit, and stress and stress and stress and yeah. So sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's just, right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I. I worked fairly hard at school until like year 11 because I thought I got to get into uni. You know, if I don't Mm. get into uni, I'm a failure. You know, my whole life's worthless. You know what I mean? And then I met a careers teacher who told me they went to uni in their 50s because you can go to uni at any time and my whole world just like destroyed. Like, what? (laughs) I thought you could only go. I thought you could only go to uni as an 18-year-old and that was the only chance. And after that, yeah, I was yeah. I just like wagged most of my school career in year twelve, to be honest, because I was like, oh, it doesn't hey, matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, yeah. man. Yeah, it is what it is. Real quick with the hockey stuff. So, are you you're yeah. back? You're back playing with the North Stars. Yeah, trying. So I took, so yeah. I took um, man, shortly after, what was it? Yeah, shortly after two thousand seven, two thousand eight, I um, I stopped playing for like ten years and did jiu-jitsu and MMA and stuff. And consequently, like my neck's pretty busted. So, yeah, like I think from coaching and trying to train at the same time. So back back playing for North Stars the last couple of seasons, 
last season I didn't I got injured pretty early pretty old for that like the man the AHL is really young now they're mm. good guys guys are going overseas really young and they're, they're so quick so yeah I'm going to give it a red hot go this season probably be my last and just trying to have a bit of fun with it okay. so I probably I'll probably probably bounce between AIHL and East Coast Super League which is second grade Hopefully first grade. I'd love to be first grade the whole time, but we'll just see how my body holds up and how good I am compared to the rest of the guys. We'll just see how yeah. we go. Is it you're just held up with tape at this point? Do you feel like? Oh yeah. Well, look, <laughs> I got to get. There's I got six minutes. If I get six minutes more penalties, I'll be the all-time leading North Stars penalty minute holder. So the naughty, the naughtiest boy of all time okay. for North Stars, which I, which I really want. Yeah. <laughs> so are I'm you good. still? Are you still number two? Uh, I was number three, so uh, as in the on the back. Yeah, yeah, you were number yeah, two back number when I was a kid, I think. Three, three, close. Okay. Number three, but no, I actually gave that to Matt Lindsay, who, funnily enough, came back about the same time. He mm. was his dad was always number three, and then when I left the North Stars, Matt Lindsay pretty much took my spot, right. and he was number three then. So now I'm thirty-three. Okay. So. Same, same, different. Okay. Easy, easy. Well, yeah. before we get out of here, do you want to just let people know sort of a, a, uh, how they can get in touch with Tactics if they're based in Newcastle and they want to sort of learn more about the services you guys are offering and then we'll, we'll bail? Yeah, cool. So website, of uh, course, check that out. It's got a bunch of footage and all that sort of stuff, pictures, videos, uh, a bit of rundown of our programs. That's tactictraining.com.au, T-A-C-T-I-X, training. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, anyone that just wants to come into the gym, uh, we do heaps of meet and greets. Most of the, most of the time, we put a new uh, sorry, we yeah have someone else start the gym, a new client. We get them in for a meet and greet to make them comfortable. Stay, mm. So um, you can just drop in or give us a buzz and yeah, easy, mate. Well, that's a sick program. Like it's super cool to know that someone's doing something that obviously involves a passion of yourself with martial arts, but you're being of service. And the older I get, the more I realize that that's the stuff that really matters in, in the mm, scheme of things. Fun. So uh, congrats to you on all that and all the success, man. And I'll, I'll, um, I'll keep you on after I turn this off, but thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks mate. Cheers, bro.